the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To his majesty He can save you from the might Of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ.
you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come from the coming storm while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from all your sin and believe on the risen Christ can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come he is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. There is, for you, a place in the heart of God. It's a place of righteousness, of peace, of joy, of love. It's a place of utter contentment. It's a place of absolute trust. Most of us in this day have not even imagined that place. We've been unaware that it was there for us. We have settled in the lowlands. We've been content with a little inspiration, a little sentimental love from Jesus, some discipline, and then playing with the world, spending hours in front of the television, hours in front of the, the YouTube videos, not even beginning to think about the selfish motives, the selfish thoughts, the the love of ourselves. I've watched some people cannot walk past a mirror without stopping a moment to admire themselves, filled with self-love. Or if you listen to a preacher like Joel Olstein, he'll tell you, be exceedingly kind to yourself. Affirm yourself. Speak about how wonderful you are and how good you are. He's a liar. And he's hellbound. As are those who believe what he tells them. But he's only one of many who have been caught in the snare of Satan and who drag people away from the deep into the shallow waters of self-centeredness. I am very interested in that 
place hidden in the heart of God for me. I believe you would not be listening to this broadcast if you were not also very interested in that place of of hiddenness in Jesus Christ. But I do want to tell you, while that place is filled with joy, release of all wickedness, scrubbing and washing and made clean, the Holy Spirit wants to take you through a process, if you please, grade after grade, where he changes your very nature, where he replaces this self-nature with the divine nature. Now, I'm going to speak very concretely about that today. I'm not going to simply speak in general terms. I want to tell you that the process the Holy Spirit will begin to take you through is going to very likely be slow and bitter. It will be a daily dying and choosing to show forth the life of Jesus instead of your own life. The daily path is the way of the cross, where every selfish motive and every selfish thought is dealt with by the Holy Spirit immediately. I've been under some strict teaching in my life, particularly when I was in seminary studying Greek and Hebrew. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is a much much stricter judge because he judges by the motives, not by the actions. And so he looks at our life and we can choose if we want to if there's a hunger in our heart, if there's an overwhelming desire to be in the heart of God, then he will take us there. Step by step. Now in John, the gospel, chapter 14, he opens with, do not let your hearts be troubled. Why would they be troubled? because they were all in. They had put all of their fishing business. They had put all of their money. They had put all of their time. They had even, in the case of Peter, left his wife behind and walked the dusty roads between Galilee and Jerusalem. Sleeping at night, not in some comfortable inn, but on the mount, outside camping. They were all in. For three and a half years, they had walked with Jesus. They'd spent time eating, listening, laughing, being loved by Jesus, being disciplined by Jesus as when he spoke to Peter and said, Get thou behind me, Satan, for you have not in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus was a stern disciplinarian, but with great compassion and love. Some of you will not tolerate 
being corrected. Instead, you want to be the corrector, the judge, quickly telling people, picking at them, telling them what they're doing wrong. No, the disciples of Jesus listened carefully to what Jesus would say. I'm sure there were times when they even got angry and said, why are we following this man? But then they would see the miracles, the signs, and they'd say, surely this is God. A startling conclusion. One recognizing the time. They're troubled in their hearts because now he's telling them he's going to leave them. And then what happens for them? They're expecting a kingdom to be established. And Jesus is saying, I'm leaving. Well, what about their place? Remember the mother of James and John going and saying, will you let my two sons sit on your right hand and your left hand? And Jesus said, no. It's not for me to decide. It's for the father. And then the other disciples were angry that they were jockeying for position. Jesus had to deal with all of that as he loved them and disciplined them and brought them into the heart of God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. He says, trust in God and trust also in me. That's a big word. Trust means you lay everything down. You have no reserve to take care of yourself. You instead have put everything in the hands of Jesus. And everything, everything in the hands of Almighty God. And he's saying, don't be troubled. It's a command. Do not. You must. You must not be troubled. When you've put everything down and you've put everything in. He's saying, now trust me. This place in the heart of God is characterized by a trust and a peace and a joy that absolutely goes beyond all understanding. It's a place of waiting upon God of receiving only from God's hand what he would choose to give us. It's waiting on the Lord. Now, I want to show you a couple of things in this chapter. This is the last word of Jesus before he goes to the cross. Chapters 14, 15 of John Yes, chapter 16. And then the famous prayer of Jesus. 
I want to show you something. Verse 15. If you love me, if you agape me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Now, let me try to talk about something. And please, I'm not trying to offend. I talk with people who are all squishy in sentimental love. Pastor, just preach, just preach love. Just preach love. And then I talk with people who say, you ought to preach justice, Pastor. You ought to preach repentance, Pastor. The problem is, We've got to bring together that love and that repentance. We've got to bring together the fact that Jesus died for us on Calvary. But he is also a judge. And he's going to deal with each one of us. And if those old selfish habits, those old selfish ways, those lust for violence, that lust for darkness. If that is not removed from our hearts, the love of God will be of no avail to you. Because he says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. You'll do what I ask you to do. Believe in the Father. What does that word mean? Well, it literally means to be connected to. You cannot, in the, in the sense of scripture, in the Greek, you cannot believe in something and not walk in it. In America, believing simply means mental assent. Yep, we agree, that's true. It doesn't mean we walk in it. In the, in the scripture, if you believe something, you also walk in it. So Jesus is saying, look, if you love me, you're going to obey me. Somebody said to me, the first word of the gospel is reconciliation. I said, no. The first word of the gospel is not reconciliation. The first word of the gospel is repent. The first word of the gospel is to repent and to obey. There is this place in the heart of God that we want. I'll read it for you. Verse 16. This is John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another 
counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's saying something really, really powerful. If you're listening to this broadcast, it's because you're alive. Well, why are you alive? It's not because you eat and exercise and go to the doctor. Your life is in God's hands. He can turn you up and dump you out any second and cast you into hell. You have no life in you of your own. You have no right to life in you as yourself. Life is a gift from God. And most assume that that life belongs to them. And so you live daily doing what you think you are supposed to do and what you want to do and earning the money to buy the lifestyle you want. You act as though you own this life that is in you, but you do not. You are in the body, alive, listening to Pastor Ray, because God has so determined that there is a possibility for you to enter into his heart, which he wants, that he has granted you life and time to listen and to get serious and to repent and to obey his word. That's why you're alive. You have a short time of probation upon this earth, and then we all will face the judgment bar of God. He says, on that day you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I want to come back to this word he's used. It's one day you're going to wake up as you have followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, as you have turned aside from your sin, as you have left your wickedness behind, as you have cried out to God for righteousness in your soul, one day you're going to wake up. You're going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's going on? The Holy Spirit is in me. And I'm in the Holy Spirit. And we're in Jesus As you go through this time of, of discipline, of dying to self, of hungering after Jesus, as you day by day allow the Holy Spirit to clean you by the blood of Jesus, to transform you, to change you, you will one day wake up, hopefully before the end of your life, you will wake up and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what's happening here? I'm in Jesus. There's peace in my heart. There's joy in my spirit. Wow. Near to the heart of God, there is a place where sin cannot molest. Now, if you look further with me at this chapter, verse 20, Jesus is saying, on that day, 
you'll realize that I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. And whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Now, let's not go quickly over that. Do you hear the implication for this? The final glory of this is that God the Father, God Jesus, God the Holy Spirit, they want to make their home in you. And they want you to make your home in them. This is a place reserved for men and women who are finally willing to lay down their judgments and their angers, their hurt feelings, How do I say this? There was a a famous writer by the name of Keith Miller. I had the fortune of meeting him and spending time having friendship. And I said to him one day, Keith when you when you talk with me when you when you're with me what is it that comes out the strongest what areas in my life do i need to really begin to work hard on he sat back in his chair and he said he said ray very few people are willing to ask that question but since you've asked it i have thought about it And I will answer it. I braced myself. He said, Raymond, you are by nature closed down. You're defensive by nature. You are very concerned about being right. And so when you talk about Jesus, you're very abstract you talk about the concepts and you talk about the ideas. But I don't get the feeling that you're connected to that. I get the feeling that you're just trying to survive. And he said, what I want for you, Ray, is that you would just relax and stop trying to be right. He said, I want you to learn how to love. And immediately in my mind, you know what I was saying. What do you mean I need to learn how to love? Of course I know how to love. Of course I didn't say that because it would have proven precisely his point that I'm very defensive. 
I do have very rich, warm feelings of love and compassion. Those have come forth at the call of the Holy Spirit. I pray that there's no defensiveness left in my spirit. My life has has become a two-part that have come together as one. Uh, One is that tender love, and the other is that sharp knife of confrontation with sin and wickedness. So much so that the Lord told me, I'm going to make you into a threshing sledge with new and sharp teeth. I said, Lord, I don't want to be a threshing sledge. I'd much rather be a teddy bear. I want to be known as one who loves and and reaches out. But, But the Lord knew that abstract part of me had to be changed into a compassionate, surgical, moving in confrontation with people in a loving way to say, Look, you have to change. You can't stay this way. You're hurting yourself. Well, these words that Keith Miller spoke to me, I've not ever forgotten. And I pray today that I'm much more relational and much less hardened in my defensiveness, in my self-righteousness. Every once in a while, I'll meet a person who's very self-righteous and very sure that they are right on track and they have all the information and, and they can explain the deepest things of the gospel. If you don't believe them, they'll tell you. But what's missing is that tender love. 1 Corinthians 13. Remember, if you, if you know how to speak, you're a gong, no love. I've struggled with this all my life to to try to bring together this breaking of the defensiveness and breaking of the of the having to be right. Pardon me for being so personal, but I'm just sensing that there are some of you today who are struggling with the same thing. You're either all love and jovial and and never confront, or you're always right. You know, it's hard to love a block of ice. And finally, people say, I can't deal with you anymore. And they cut you off. And they leave. That's happened to me. But what's also happened is as this love and tenderness has come and then the justice and the confrontation as those two have come together and melded in the spirit into one personality. People get mad at me and leave then too. Because They want to continue living in their sentimental world or they want to continue living in their intellectual world. 
and they're unwilling to take a careful a careful look and careful prayer about the hardness of their hearts the anger the disappointment the rejection and so their lives are miserable I want to tell you today that if your life is miserable, the answer is not a psychotherapist. The answer is to come and let the Holy Spirit begin to do in you what he has been doing and will continue to do in my life, where he makes me real. Hmm. Was it Berrigan Bunny, that childhood book? where all he wanted to do was to become a real bunny. (laughs) That's the struggle, to become a real person in Jesus. To be made new, to be made alive, to be able to walk in victory, to be able to walk testifying that Jesus is my Lord and my Christ. Well, at the same time, being filled with love and compassion like Jesus was. Verse 26, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I've said to you. The word of the Holy Spirit in my life, as I listen to it, brings peace. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Wow, we're in such troublous times. President Biden, I just read this morning, has said he's going to end all new drilling, all offshore drilling for oil as... Allentown, Pennsylvania, and parts of the South are without diesel. And when the diesel runs out, the grocery stores will lose all of their products because they're not being resupplied. And people are then going to be hungry and angry and bitter. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Constantly they're pounding the drums of the nuclear war of the Russians coming and they may very well come at some point. The Chinese may come too. Where does that leave you? I pray it leaves you in the hands of God where you will not be troubled and you will not be afraid. A million people are being forced out of Kiev. They're having to run. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Why? Because we trust in that sacred place near to the heart of God. You heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. 
He has no hold on me. But the world must know and learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. My brother, my sister, does the devil have any hold on you today? Does the devil have any hold on you today? Is there any anger in your heart against someone who has not met your expectations, who has not done what you thought they ought to do, and so your heart is filled with criticism and anger? Have you cut them off? Does the devil have a hold on you today? Does he have a pornographic hold? Does he have an alcohol hold? Does he have a hold of sickness that has turned you bitter toward God or toward someone because of your situation or your condition? Do you lack money? Are you are you fighting for your money? You know, I I come and do this radio broadcast as a as a broadcast over Wave 780 AM. And I pay a large amount of money every month for this radio airtime. And I see the giving. I see that many people have either cut back or not given in the last 60 days. And I look at that and I say, Lord, is there anything you want me to do or say? No. Should I be concerned? No. Rest in me, Ray. It's okay. I'll move in the hearts of those I choose and I will carry you. I will carry the radio broadcast. It belongs to me, not to you. Well, you don't know about my background and my history, but I've not been on any kind of salary for the last 30 years. That's required me to come and pray before God and and search after him for his will. And I've watched as he has stepped in and, and provided and carried and been my provision. I rejoice because I know he's doing that with radio. That's his ministry. It's the gospel ministry. It belongs to Jesus. The same with the church. It's a small group. It's a small house church. The YouTube, it's the same. I was laughingly telling my precious wife, I've accomplished very little in my entire life. But Jesus said to me, I'm going to accomplish more in one day than you've accomplished in your whole life. Well, I I trust him. Now, why am I saying this to you? Because it's very easy to allow fear, anger, selfishness, self-love, allow these barnacles. I watched a video. I loved it. 
it was a sea turtle that was covered with barnacles. He was having a hard time even swimming. He was gasping up to the top for breath and then sinking again. He was so heavy with these barnacles. And a man came along and he picked this turtle up in his hand and he had a sharp knife and he began to scrape off and pry off all of these barnacles on the back of this beautiful little turtle. And then he turned them over and his belly was completely covered with more barnacles. As I watched that, I said, Lord Jesus, that looks like your church. Can't do its job in the world. Can't proclaim the gospel because we're covered with barnacles. And I asked Jesus, would you come with your sharp knife? And would you pry those barnacles off my belly and off my back? Bitterness, anger, sexual lust, lust for money, self-righteousness. These are all barnacles on us. They have to be knifed off. They have to be scraped off. They have to be pried off. This is the painful walk that I'm trying to talk to you about today. Where we turn to the Lord and say, Lord, clean me up. Scrape me down. Let me swim free in your grace, in your mercy, and your kindness. Let me be right next to your heart, God. Let me be in your heart. I'm just hearing as I'm talking to you today that there are some of you who are having a very difficult time financially. You're having a difficult time with your temper. You're having a difficult time with a broken heart because you've been rejected and cut off. Would you come to Jesus with me? Let's pray right now. Lord, I'm just hearing in your spirit that there are people listening who desire with all their heart to be next to your heart, to be in your heart, to be one with you. But there are barnacles that have attached themselves. There are loves in their hearts for things of darkness or things of this world. And they can't get close to you because of these wicked things that have attached themselves to their heart, to their soul. There's arrogance and pride, self-sufficiency. Lord, things that, that just attach themselves. Love of money. And Lord, some who are listening are rejoicing at this message and saying, yes, I want to be clean. But there are some, Lord, who are saying, ah, I, I don't know, Pastor. That sounds pretty painful to have a knife scrubbing me down. Yes, it is painful, Lord. I pray for every person listening right now that you would come in great power that you would hear the cry of their heart, 
Lord, that you would move past their arrogance and their pride, that you would move past their anger and their bitterness and their self-recrimination, past their, their judgment of others. Lord, would you come and speak into their lives now by your Spirit? Would you set the feet of my brother and my sister on the path of holiness? Lord, would you release your people today in the name of Jesus? I bind these spirits that would attach themselves to your people. And I say, be gone in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. You have no authority. Lord, some have been playing with witchcraft. And they're caught in the tentacles of darkness. I ask Jesus that you would right now set them free. That they would cast away their spells and their crystals that they would cast aside everything of darkness, that they would cast aside the wicked movies, that they would cast aside the wicked YouTube videos, that they would cast aside everything that stands in their way of entering into your heart, O living God. I pray that you would move in power to release them now, that they would be set free. Lord, I know a day is coming very soon when men and women are going to face utter destruction in this nation. And they're not going to have the food to eat. They're not going to have the luxuries of this life. I ask then, would you open their hearts to come and get up on the rock where it's safe where they can come and enter into your heart, where they can be one with you, Father, and one with Jesus and one with the Holy Spirit. Would you come, Lord, and move in power to set them free? Lord, it seems now people are still so comfortable. They have to be dug out one by one and then they run back to their hidey cave. Lord, would you move in power in the hearts of men and women now to release them from every demonic thing? Lord, I thank you. I praise and worship your mighty name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to share with you one more part out of this 14th chapter. John, the Gospel, 14. I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. 
you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. I want to do the same kinds of things that Jesus did while he was on the earth. But I know that in order for me to do those things, I have to walk with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, in such a way that I would know what to ask for, that I would know how he wants me to pray, because it is the Father who does these works, not me. As it was not Jesus who did the work, it was the Father working through him. Are you willing to humble your heart today and admit that you can do nothing, that all of your intellectual arguments are not worth having, that all of your sentimental love is foolishness. And are you willing to enter into God, near to his heart, where he deals with you? Are you willing to enter into the Father's heart, where he will take you step by step by the Holy Spirit, to the cross so that you may ask Jesus for anything in his name and he will do it because he wants you to ask for that and he tells you ask me for that ask me for that healing ask me for that release ask me for that resource that money somebody said to me today that someone owed them money and they had to fight to get that money. I said, no, you don't. It's not your money. That money belongs to Jesus. Ask Jesus if he will give you what he wants you to have. You see what I'm saying? Well, we're almost out of time for the broadcast today. I want to pray one more time. Lord, I want to do in this world what you were doing. But I need to do that without any sense of personal pride or without any sense that I'm somebody. Lord, I want you to have all the glory and all the power and all the honor. I want none of it. And I ask that you would take me further and deeper in the school of the Holy Spirit that I could be one with with you, Jesus, and one with the Father, that you would dwell in me and I could dwell in you. Lord, that dying process, please don't back off. Make me as holy as any man can be made holy, whatever the cost, that I could be your servant and do what you've asked me to do. Lord, thank you. I praise and worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to give for the National Prayer Chapel, would you do that for the work of the gospel? The money has been very slow in the last two months. I'm trusting Jesus to move in your heart if you have the resources to give hilariously as he calls you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That address again is National Prayer Chapel. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You're also welcome to go to our webpage. You can give online. It's nationalprayerchapel.com. Nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll also find this video. It will be posted later today as a YouTube video on our webpage. You'll also find many other resources. You'll find a 24-hour-a-day radio broadcast out of that webpage. Use everything you need to grow in Jesus as he calls you to come into his heart. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. Pray for me. Pray for this radio broadcast, Pilgrim's Progress, and I will pray for you. I'll talk to you soon. You know, if you feel like three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.